Welcome to the Destiny Church and Throne Podcast, where we hope to inspire, stir, and provoke you to know Jesus and make Him known in your daily life. Enjoy. Perfect. Five. Jesus is speaking, and He says this: "You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden, because no one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket or a blanket." In some translations, instead. A lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everybody in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see. You hear that? Let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. (laughs) Jesus says you are the light of the world. Okay. Nobody puts a lamp under a blanket. First off, that's dangerous. You start a fire that way, okay? <laughs> Nobody puts a lamp. Instead, they actually put it on a lampstand for all to see so that everybody in the house gets light. That's you. That's who you are. John 1.5 says, The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. And then Psalms 119 says, at 105, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I want to just equip you on the notion that you're called to be the light of the world. When there is light, there is illumination, and things are easily or able to be seen, in other words, ways they wouldn't. So here's the beauty of us being the light. We're the light because Jesus is the light. Here's sometimes the scary part about getting in the secret place. You ready for this? The scary part about getting in the secret place sometimes is that God shines light on the depths of our heart that even we ourselves don't want to touch. You know what I mean? Like there's areas in these parts in our heart that when we get into that place, God shines his light and says, yeah, you see that? Don't want it. We need to get that out of there. That's not part of your calling. That's not your portion. We need to get rid of that. And sometimes, let's be honest, in our comfortability, we're like, but no, God. I don't want to give that up. I don't want to let that go. That's a part of who I am. He's like, no, 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 no. You're the light. There's not called to be any darkness in there. That's why I love the secret place, guys, because I truly believe that when we go in there and worship in spirit and in truth, he exposes things in our heart. And that exposure, it's, he's not doing it to shame us. He's doing that so we'll actually be closer and be more, made more into the image of his son. You know what I mean? So I love that. But Jesus is speaking to the disciples, and I believe future disciples, saying that you are the light of the world. Lights give direction. They they give order. Lights help in so many ways. And this is why I think it's at the utmost importance that we understand that there can be no darkness in our heart whatsoever. Now, I'm not just talking about like blatant stuff. I'm talking about things that could be in the depth of our heart that can, that can hurt our witness, right? I used to have, can I be transparent real for a second? Is that okay, guys? I, uh, I used to smoke about two and a half, three packs of cigarettes a day, okay? Back in B.C., before Christ. I used to smoke, not yesterday, B.C., before I knew Jesus. And so when I got saved, I had this huge conviction for cigarettes, like seriously, like God had to, I was almost in judgment towards people that smoked like that. But I knew I was like in my heart, I'm like, it gives you cancer and you could die and all this other stuff. And I'm like, why would you do that? Jesus wouldn't want you to. 
So you can imagine my frustrations when I went to a church service. And as soon as church went out, before people got to their cars, about a dozen or so people lit up some Marlboros. I'm, I'm, I'm hot. I'm like, oh, what are you doing? What are you doing, sinners? Right? Like, oh, what are you doing? <laughs> but something the Lord had to teach me in these moments, in the depth of my heart, because here I was thinking that I had this personal conviction but really in the depth, what was actually happening that God had to expose is I was judging people. See, I was judging these people based on a, on a conviction I had. And God had to actually start to turn that into a healthy light so that when I spoke to these people who were operating and I'm like, oh, no, it's fine. I'm like, ah, let me talk to you a little bit about why that's hurting your witness. God healed my heart and I was able to approach it from a different light. I didn't come at it from a place of judgment, but it had to start with me. See, when he is the light and we're asking him to expose things in our heart, he will. He truly will do it. Because it could have hurt my witness if I went to all these people and started just like, oh, you don't know what you're doing. You're a sinner. You're going to hell. What are you doing? You know, but instead it was from this place of love and kindness. Why? Because the Bible says that it's the kindness of God that leads men to repentance. So I was able to approach these individuals through kindness. Because let me tell you, when you're the light, you're a light. Like, after a while, like, it doesn't matter how bright or how dim, your lights get adjusted. I mean, your eyes get adjusted to it. When there's just a little bit of light. So here's what I'm saying. Guys, as you are the light in every situation, begin to ask God to expose the depth of your heart, any dark areas. Because I'm telling you, he wants to use you as a light to bring about light to people's darkness. Does that make sense? Yes. And, and, and I never want to approach somebody from an area of judgment because of my own convictions to where I'm shaming them or I'm angry at them. Because that's not God's heart either. In that moment, I started to learn with these individuals, and we saw some awesome breakthrough with a lot of them. I started to learn with some of them. It's like, man, I can't approach it from my own way of thinking. I have to get God's heart for it. I had to allow the light of God to expose my heart so that I could be a light to those around me. Because no one puts a lamp under a blanket. And I believe a lot of times we can put our light under a blanket when we're in disobedience or we don't know God's heart. I think that's one of the easiest ways we can do that. Like, yeah, we can say compromise and fear. I'm not necessarily talking about evangelism. I'm not like, I'm not talking about like, oh yeah, be the light in the world. No one puts the light. Go be bold. Go pray for people. You know how we feel about that. We'd be praying for people anywhere and everywhere. It don't matter. We're all about that life. But what I'm talking about here is being in a place to where you can start to change the culture of the world around you through your light. See, when Jesus said you are the light of the world, that word are in the Greek, it means to be or to exist. So what Jesus was saying he was saying is that you exist to be the light of the world. Amen. He's literally saying like you were created to be a light. Amen. Like when you were in your mother's womb and even before that, I knew you and I actually marked you to be a light to the world around you. <laughs> Revelations 21, 23. John says, I saw no temple in the city for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. Check this out. And the city has no need of sun or moon, for the glory of God illuminates the city, and the Lamb is its light. 
You know what heaven on earth is? Heaven on earth, heaven is the lamb, the light. There's no need for sun. There's no need for, for, for light bulbs and fluorescence. There's no need for that because Jesus is the light. So if we're going to be heaven on earth, guess what? We don't need no flashlights, y'all. We are the light. This is the beauty of it. The beauty of it is that in heaven, there's no sun or moon. There's no need. The glory of God illuminates it all, and the Lamb is the light. That's a beautiful picture of you on this earth. There is no need for the sun or moon. You illuminate the city, beloved. You know that? When you go into HEB, you illuminate HEB. Yeah, just you. Individually. Just you. Just you, Andres. Just you. Jacob. Justin. Nicole, when you walk into Walmart, you and you alone illuminate the entire store. <laughs> That's crazy to think about. But in reality, Jesus says, you exist to be that light. Why? Because in heaven, the lamb is the light. There's no need for sun or moon. The culture of heaven is that the lamb in all his glory illuminates. What makes it any different? If we want heaven on earth why are we waiting for Sundays or for the pastor behind the pulpit to try to be the light in the world around us? You see, I think that when it says that, that it goes on in Scripture and it actually talks about it, like I said in John 1, 4, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. Never. It can never put it out. That's how great this light is. It's, in, it's infinite. It never ends. It's ongoing. And, and, and one of the things that the enemy would love to do is to try to, to make you believe that your light is dying, that, that he can kill your light, that he can drown out your light. How does he do this? He, do, he does this by covering you with a blanket of shame, guilt, condemnation. Right, right. He, he throws this blanket over you so that you're not able to see what you're illuminating around you. But if you would just take that blanket off, you'd be like, wow, dude, I'm filling up the entire room. This is crazy. See, he wants to confine. This is that that old wineskin thinking of the my four and no more church mentality where we want everybody in this building and just wait till you come back on Wednesday to get filled up. See, this is why I believe the Pharisees were so upset at Jesus. It's because after Jesus read the book of Isaiah, it says he sat down. The Pharisees understood that since Jesus is there, nobody's going to need them. And in their pride, it angered them. Well, crap, if the Son of God, what are we going to do? Come on. Oh, no, 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 we're the religious leaders, not Jesus. Come on. You see, the enemy wants to make you feel like you're not enough and you're not called to it. But I'm telling you, if you just let the Lamb illuminate your life, you'll illuminate the world around you. This is heaven, guys. You carry the exact same light that heaven uses. Amen. The, the angels are seeing God. How are they seeing him? They're seeing him by the glory that it's illuminating all the heavens. And that same light is what you walk in. Amen? Amen. <laughs> John 1. I'm almost done, guys. Promise. I'm not long-winded. I'm not. Um, I want to equip and, and have you go and change the world. I want you to know that you exist to be the light everywhere that you go. Some of you guys know me. Some of you don't. So let me fill you in. I often put a blanket over my light when I'm dealing with horrible customer service. But I'm getting better. Okay? I'm getting better. 
I've shared this story before, but again, some of you that don't know me, I think it ties into this. I had a situation the other day, and it was beautiful, talking to Orkin, okay? They've been dropping the ball, all right? Got some big wood roaches in my kitchen, like big. Orkin, where are you, Orkin? Like, come on. You know, I got to get that chunkle out every night. I'm tired of it. Like, the, I'm telling you, like, these guys should be paying rent, or at least on the lease, like wood roaches. And then the other day, I saw this massive spider. Like, oh, it, was, it was crazy. And there's one thing I don't like, it's spiders. Anyway, so it's crazy. So, so I called Orkin the other day, and I was like, guys, you guys are dropping the ball. I had all these, these appointments lined up where you guys have been. And uh, they were very sweet about it because I was very sweet about it. I was like, you know, yeah, you know, you guys just haven't really done your job, and that's okay. Uh, I'd like a refund for the past two months. Could we do that? He's like, you know what? Yeah, you know, we promised you good customer service. We didn't give it to you. We're going to refund you for the past two months. We'll get you all taken care of. Don't worry. I was like, wow, thanks, man. I appreciate it. He's like, hey, thank you. And so in the past, I'm just going to be real. In the past, I'd be like, hey, let me talk to somebody. Like, my wife's name's Karen, but I'm the Karen in the relationship. I'm like, let me see your manager. Where's my, my hair, like, grows out to medium length. It turns blonde. I, like, transform into a Karen. I'm, I'm the one that's like, let me speak to your manager right now, you know. Uh, but over the past years, <laughs> he's like, woo-hoo, woo-hoo. Um, don't worry, girl, got you. And so, and so, anyway, over the past few years, uh, God has been helping me because Sometimes, being honest, I would let my light be blanketed over out of frustration. Um, and some of you know some of these Spectrum stories I've shared with you. But we've, I've had people get healed on the phone with Spectrum. Um, God gave me a word of knowledge for a guy's feet. And he was like, oh, my gosh, how did you know that? And I was like, it's God. And God healed him on the phone. We kept in contact via email. It was really cool. God has restored my customer service relationships. But in the past, I often thought, here's what I thought. Here's the conviction, guys. When I was getting upset or angry because I'm like, they don't understand me. They don't know what's going on. Oh, my gosh, what's happening? Like, oh, this is the 15th person I've talked to in 20 minutes. I thought to myself, what if that person that I just yelled at one day walks through that door and God calls me to prophesy or speak into their life? But because I've allowed that blanket to cover my light, they're not able to see, right? Because my, my lamp at that moment was not on a stand for all to see. It was being covered by a blanket. And the enemy, this is what he longs to do in our daily life. Anything, think about it. There are things that we know in our hearts, man, I should probably stop because that could hurt my witness. See, if the enemy can blanket us, then not everybody in the house is going to be able to see. You're called to be on a lampstand for all to see. You are illuminating with the exact same light that is in heaven. You guys get it? John 1 says this. We're about to end it. Here we go. (laughs) I just keep thinking about that care and transformation comment. Just guys forget that. (laughs) Uh, On the mountain of the Lord, we are transfigured. Okay. John one, six. I'm almost done. Here we go. We're going to tie it up. We're going to, we're just going to crash land this thing. The Bible says that God sent a man, John the Baptist to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. Okay. So God sent a man named John the Baptist to tell the world about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. That light is Jesus, the man, Jesus. Okay, the man who walked the earth, 
that Jesus, that same man, not the God in heaven Jesus right now, seated at the right hand of the Father, but Jesus the man, as he walked the earth, God gave special instruction and a call and a mandate on John the Baptist to tell the world about the light. May I say this for a moment? The Bible never tells us that John the Baptist was without sin. So, nugget, God wants to use imperfect people to tell the world about his perfect son. All right, back in line. God sent a man named John the Baptist. Matthew 3 says people from speaking in the same context of John the Baptist, people from Jerusalem and from all of Judea and all over the Jordan Valley went out to see and hear John the Baptist. And there they confessed their sins and he baptized them in the Jordan River. Here's what I want to say about that. God marked a man to tell about the light. God is marking you to tell about the light. Okay? And what we read in Scripture in Matthew is that all came to hear John the Baptist and repent of their sins. Why? Because people are drawn to the light, not drawn away from it. And if people are drawing away from you and not to you, that means that your light somewhere is tainted and dark. Because the light is called to attract people and not just attract them, but so they can repent of their sins and know more of who he is. Guys, you don't exist to be the light just to be the light. You exist to be the light to literally reflect the light in heaven. And so the world around you sees Jesus through you. I was having a conversation with Nicole the other day. Really cool conversation. We were talking about seeing the face of Jesus. We are talking about seeing God, seeing the face of Jesus. And I said, you know what the most beautiful thing is, is that, yes, you're desiring to see him, but there's people in the world around you who are not, and you'll be that manifested face to them. They're not even looking for Jesus, but you will be Jesus to them. That's why for so many years, people are knocking church and not wanting to be here. Why? Hypocrites, hypocrites, hypocrites. Somewhere along the line, they were hurt by someone who threw a blanket over their light. And through that hurt, they are now not wanting to come to church. They don't want any part of it. Why? Because they saw Jesus in the face of that church person that hurt them. And in all reality, it's not that they're really mad about that person. They may not even be able to name that person. They're just like, oh, I got hurt years ago. Somebody in church. I don't even know who it was. Somebody on the prayer team. I don't know. But what was happening is that they were hurt because of that light wasn't shining. And guys, I'm telling you, you exist to be a light. And everything that you do, you're a witness to Jesus. And so the world around you is either going to be lit up or it's going to be dark. But there is a responsibility and a mandate that is upon us to light up the world around us. Beloved, you illuminate your workplace. You illuminate your school. You illuminate Market Basket. You illuminate HEB, Walmart, your car, your drive home, your neighborhood. You illuminate it. There's no need for sun or moon in the heavens because God in all his glory and the Lamb are its light. Hmm. I believe that the city, the region, they're not coming to a church because of the smoke and the thumping bass. And the best song and the great paint job and the authentic people, those that are lost, that are broken, that are hungry. I don't care what your church looks like. They want to come to a place where they can be illuminated. They want to come to a place to where they no longer walk in darkness. They want to meet Jesus.
And if we know one thing, people flocked from all over to hear John the Baptist, the one who was talking about the light. They repented of their sins. As you illuminate the world around you, be in preparation to meet with people or to, to co-worker who never really talked to. They just open up to you. And God l- helps you to lead them to repentance. Why? Because when you're talking about the light and when you are the light and when you're not putting a blanket over yourself, people will be drawn to that light. And in that, the goodness of God will prevail. But remember, it starts with you as the light. It starts with you as the light. What are you doing with the light that God has called you into existence to be? What are you doing with it? Are you allowing the enemy and yourself to put it under a blanket? Or is it displayed so the whole house can see? I don't know about you guys, but I want to shine as bright as possible. Like, I want to be able to walk into a place and like the revivalists of old, people are like, dude, you're glowing. Like, I don't know what it is. I just had to come talk to you. That's possible. Not only have I heard that testimony for myself from a dear friend of mine at a Nazarene church. David can attest to it. He said, I knew you knew Jesus because when you walked in, you were glowing. But one time in San Antonio, a guy who is my dear friend now, as soon as I walked in, it was B.C. before Christ, the dude was glowing. And I remember I was like, I got to stay away from him. You can illuminate. I believe it can be manifested in the spiritual eyes of individuals, but I believe that they can really see it. So, I want to say this. Last thing. Lamps are useless. They're useless until they're plugged in. So super simple, but super revelational. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like they're... They, they, they serve no purpose until they are plugged in to that source of power. So as cliche as it may sound, as cliche as it may be, guys, the way that we illuminate is staying connected to the source. You want to shine like the light that's in heaven? Stay connected to the light that's in heaven. Jesus. Intimacy. Prayer. Worship daily. Read the screen every single day. It is at the utmost importance that as the bride of Christ, we are meeting with the bridegroom. I want to shine like him. Guys, I want to illuminate a city like him. I'm going to illuminate Walmart the way he does. I want to bring others into the knowledge that they exist to be lights as well. I don't want to push them away. I want to draw them in. So they can come into a place of healthy repentance and bear the fruit of that repentance. Amen? Amen. Beloved, stand with me. If you want to give, there's a red bucket back there.